Hello, strong, feisty women. Some of you may recognize my voice. I'm Celine Yeager, host of the Hip Play Not Pause podcast. Throughout my career as a professional health and fitness writer and now a podcaster, I hear countless questions from women who are trying to understand how their ever-changing hormones impact their sports performance. So we decided to serve up some answers in a brand new series called Hormonal that we will be releasing on the Feisty Women's Performance Podcast feed. Throughout this four-part series, reproductive endocrinologist Dr. Carla DiGirolamo and I will be tackling topics like periods, the pill, pregnancy, and conditions like PCOS, all from the perspective of sports performance. If you aren't already, follow the Feisty Women's Performance Podcast and stay tuned for our first episode releasing on April 15th. Also, have questions you want answered? Send us a voice note at speakpipe.com slash hormonal and we'll get it answered on the show. You are listening to the Girls Gone Gravel podcast, a show for women who are chasing their everyday and epic adventures. This podcast is hosted by Christy Moan and me, Katherine Taylor, and powered by Feisty Media. Let's do it. We look tired. I know. And I definitely have the morning frog voice. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we're going to, it's, it's not going to get better from here. No, I'm, I'm feeling great. This is it. This is the week. We are here. We are in it to win it. Yeah. I'm just meaning like, you know, you'll be up all night for an event. I'm not going to get less Coming tired. Up. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm ready. If I've people, been training. If people don't know, it's Unbound. <laughs> it's Unbound Week when this releases. It's Unbound Gravel Week. It's not when we're recording it's this. It's not when we're recording, us. but it's literally, it feels like it's tomorrow. So, aren't you uh, glad it's not tomorrow? Out, it's, what? I'm so glad it's not tomorrow. I did, I, I slept super well last night um, and slept in, which is very unusual. So, um, but it's got me on the back foot for the day today. So, I've got to. I got to get after it now because I took an extra hour of sleep. Yeah. So. Well, I'm in Canada and we're doing team stuff all day. Well, we all day yesterday and all day today. Why do I have this feeling you're going to end up moving to Canada? It's so funny because like when I went through the border this time, mm-hmm. like, oh, this paperwork, you can only come in so many days, which I sent to our HR, Ella, who does all mm-hmm. of our things. And so she was looking into it. She's like, we might have to get you a visa. And Sarah just goes, I mean, you should just move here. <laughs> so it's funny though, because Sarah just moved to uh, a new condo in West Victoria, which is, you can walk over to our office from it. It's about a mile. Nice. And, you know, we were just in Bentonville and they boast of their cycling, like their number of cyclists in Bentonville. Mm-hmm. And I was like, it's like there are no cyclists in Bentonville compared to Victoria. Wow. <laughs> in this one mile commute, I probably was passed by a hundred, maybe 150 cyclists. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. But like they made the city so commuter friendly that people bike. And then she's on this trail called um, the goose that goes out. They told me in kilometers, like 60 some kilometers. So 30 some miles. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, like I love it's the, only the Americans that can't do the. I know. 
I, uh, yesterday morning I was walking Bell and um, it was just cyclist after cyclist after cyclist. But Sarah said people move here because the climate is mild, like cyclists move here and like all the Olympic development teams are here, all the pro yeah. athletes train here. So it's, um, it's definitely a cyclist friendly city. There you go. Yeah. Sounds like a good place for you. I know. I'm bummed I didn't bring my bike this time. Um, uh-huh. We usually just work like from all day. This is but... the most random intro ever. I know. <laughs> I'm just chatting about our lives. But I'm hey, just ladies. want a cycling place to go, come to Victoria. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, um, okay. Yeah. Speaking of Olympians, though, we I've been messaging back and forth with our podcast guest today. Janelle Spilker. Yeah. And we were looking at the start list for Unbound and they're like, I don't know. She keeps texting me. She finds more because people that have raced for other countries, but at least seven or eight Olympians that are. They're going to be in a in Kansas. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) It's nuts. (laughs) That has to be a first, right? That many Olympians descending. Cause I got to three. I was like, that has to be a first. I've never counted how many Olympians are here. But I know that the the field this year is very deep. So it's gonna be exciting. Very deep. Yep. Who knows? Oh, and we picked we picked our we did. So first time ever. I didn't cheat, but yeah. On our podcast interview. Well, you don't know who's gonna win. Oh, you did cheat. You did you didn't I didn't really play the rule by the rules that you laid forward. Okay. So Janelle and I played by the rules of picking our top three our podium picks and a dark mare and Christy just like talked about people she liked. (laughs) (laughs) No, okay. Maybe that's somewhat fair. I talked about like, that's, I just think that's a really hard thing to do. Duh. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. Plus by that time you guys had already, you'd already picked everybody. So I was like, well, we've mentioned these names. We should mention other names that are, that are here too. That, I was trying to spread the love. I appreciate that. Thank you. I mean, it's not really how the game is played, but I, I know, but we all, the world needs more love now, Catherine. We all know that. <laughs> it's, true. It's, true. it's true. Anyway, we interviewed Janelle Spilker and she, she, uh, I was like, she spills the beans because we were learning how to say her last name last week. And she was like, like milker, Spilker. And then I, in my mind, I went spill the milk. Ah, Early. Got it. That's thank you um, for bringing us all into the head of Catherine. <laughs> like, we've just circled back around and we know exactly what Catherine's thinking. This is why I will never be asked to do her job though. <laughs> <laughs> well, because you can't say names or because both you make. <laughs> okay. They would be all impressed with my transitions. <laughs> well, I mean, it, this obvious, this is a great interview and Janelle's just she's just well-spoken and very knowledgeable and just, you know, passionate about what we're doing with women on bikes. Yeah. And she does, we missed this part of, she's the one that does the, um, the broadcast coverage for all the, we left that out in the, in the thing we did or in the intro. Just now we left it out. Okay. Got it. Boom. (laughs) We're so, up to speed, folks. Enjoy we're this. Here. We're maybe going to have some more <laughs> coffee before we talk to any other people today. <laughs> but hey, if you're going to be in Emporia, come find us. We'll be around places and we'd love to see you. 
if I'm running, you have to stop me. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Stop Christine. Cause she runs from place to place. So she doesn't want to talk to people. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to talk to you. So stop me. All <laughs> right. Well, I, I will, I will see you in like less than a week. I know. Okay. All right. We'll get on to our interview. We'll stop this and get on to our interview with you now. To live your healthiest life possible, you need to understand what's going on inside. Inside Tracker takes a personalized approach to health and longevity from the most trusted and relevant source, your body. Inside Tracker was created by experts in aging, genetics, and biometric data from Harvard, Tufts, and MIT. It provides personalized health analysis and clear recommendations, plus an action plan on how to live a longer, healthier life. Inside Tracker can also calculate your biological age which is the rate you're aging compared to your chronological age, as well as ways to lower your biological age. The thing we love most about Inside Tracker is that they give you recommendations on things you can control to optimize your health, like food, supplements, workouts, and other lifestyle choices. And did you know that you can use your HSA, HRA, and FSA to buy any Inside Tracker plan? Which means you can purchase Inside Tracker using your tax-free dollars. Oh, and it gets better. For a limited time, you get 20% off the entire Inside Tracker store when you sign up. So if you're ready to get a crystal clear picture of what's going on inside your body, along with the science-backed recommendations to optimize what's not working, visit InsideTracker.com slash feisty. That's InsideTracker.com slash feisty. It's been a big podcast week for us. You're wearing me out. <laughs> you were the one that said, I don't want to do any podcasts the week of Unbound. I know. And I literally two today weeks was before. going, I, I'm like, I've got to say, like, it's so funny because I, Rach McBride arrived last oh, night. So, so they, they're hello. staying, they're staying here with me and it's great. But they were up here eating a little bit ago and I was like, I don't have the energy to do this. But then I get on and I see Janelle Spoker's face. And I'm like, yeah, okay, I can. And, well, of co- and of course yours, Catherine, but I see your face. I mean, regularly. you've seen my face a lot this week. This is our third <laughs> podcast recording. In three days. Week. And we have one more tonight. Well, yeah, it's our live AMA session. Right, but, so, uh, but still, that'll be fun. Like, it'll be like people asking, asking you questions, putting you on the spot. But um, I better get some alcohol in me. Yeah, all these are going to get, well, because you're, the next two weeks, you're not recording, but we're going to have a podcast coming out, but. You know, yes. there's an event in Emporia that's happening. Yes. Unbound. Woo-hoo. Let's okay. do this. Well, we okay. have Janelle Spilker on. And Janelle, you may recognize her way, way back when we were first getting started. She did one of our summer DIY gravel that's series. Right. Thanks. Um, she has makes a really mean smoothie, I understand. Oh, my gosh. And I've even changed the recipe even in the last month, I added new ingredients to my, my smoothie, my daily smoothie bowl. So yep, uh, that's, that's me. Okay. Same Janelle. You, you need Janelle, you need to send that recipe so we can put it in the show notes so people can get an updated recipe for, for the mm. spilker, the spilker milker bowl. <laughs> <laughs> Except for, you're vegan, right? So you don't eat, you don't have to drink. There's, the there's sandwich. no dairy in it. Yeah. Um, that's right. I'm not, a, I'm spilker non-milker. That's right. <laughs> Almond milker. Wow. Please. <laughs> okay. We're going down a wrong path here. Wrong <laughs> yes. path. Um, okay. So 
We want to chat with you a little bit about some exciting stuff you're doing with coverage with the Lifetime Grand Prix series. And we're going to do some, um, we're going to do our pit, our podium picks for Unbound. But before we get to all that, I want, if folks don't know you, because you have quite a resume in cycling. So tell us about how you got into cycling and a little bit of your background. Okay. Uh, I started as a recreational rider. I raised money for the Leukemia Lymphoma Society. Maybe you guys have heard of Team in Training. That's how I got my start. We love Team in That's how I got into triathlon. We've had this conversation before. Yes. It's amazing. You get coaches, mentors, ask all the silly questions. Anyway, I fell in love with a bike and some of the mentors and coaches uh, said, Janelle, we think that you should probably get uh, connected with a real coach. Fast forward, I started racing. Fast forward, uh, raced professionally from... I think my first race was in 07 and then uh, I retired from like pro road life in 2015. And then my friend started poking me to do gravel. You should do this, Janelle, you should do this. Um, a, a good friend said, oh yeah, you need to, you need to do unbound. And I was like, that's 200 miles on gravel. I've never done 200 miles. Um, why would I do it on gravel? And it was the best, the best uh, decision. I mean, in terms of like cycling, getting into the gravel scene was amazing. Um, so yeah, gravel, I, I now live in Bend, Oregon. I ride my mountain bike and gravel bike more than my road bike. Um, I also, uh, started a coaching business while I was racing, uh, ran events and camps, loved doing that. And, but the pandemic, uh, COVID kind of had me shifting gears, towards, um, something else. Cause in-person events at the time was like, how are we going to do this? And I don't want to do everything virtual, some virtuals. Okay. Um, uh, so yeah, I now work in the world of venture capital for a, an early stage VC out of the Bay area called hustle fund. It's awesome. And, you know, on my work calendar right now, I said, hold podcast recording. And everyone's like, Oh, Janelle, you're doing another cycling thing. That's so cool. So they're very supportive of what I do in the Yay. cycling world. And uh, got into commentary in retirement too. And last year was uh, was able to uh, commentate for Unbound, and it was amazing. Thank you, Christy. And uh, excited to go back again. Every year, got to go back to Emporia. Like who would have thought, right? Where in your childhood did you think I'm going to spend uh, the first weekend of June in Emporia, Kansas, every year? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's in my blood. I was Midwestern yeah. baby. So there there's go. something, there's something just special about, I mean, I mean, you know, anyone who, I feel like yeah. most of the people who go to Unbound get to experience that special part of Emporia. And anyway, yeah, so. that's me. There you go. Uh, so commentating is not an easy job, right? I get to talk. I get to talk about things I love, but no, it's not an easy, it's not an easy job, but I, I love doing it. It's, it's fabulous. Um, I got into it. The first race that I ever did commentary for was a men's world tour. I think it was a world tour ranking uh, race in Colorado, the Colorado classic back in 2017 and talk about you know, needing to do a lot of studying very quickly because I had never been a commentator and it was the men's pro peloton. Um, so, uh, but I, I developed a, a love for it really quickly. And um, it's fun to be able to shine a light on the sport. And I feel like one of the special things with the Lifetime Grand Prix is it's, it's a totally new side of the sport that we're seeing, mm. you know, 
it's different. It's mountain biking, it's gravel, it's things in between and all these different riders coming together, um, is pretty spectacular. Um, with different backgrounds, different motivations at completely different places in their career. Um, and I, I feel like more than any, and we've been saying this for years since I, you know, since I was first out in Emporia in 2017 and we had the women's panel. Do you remember the, there was that, that was the oh, first yeah. 200 on 200 year and mm-hmm. where 200 women were coming to race, uh, the 200 mile event. And, we we talked about how gravel is the place where women are going to be able to tell their stories or have people tell. And I feel like that's actually come to fruition in the last five years. I sure hope so. <laughs> well, I'm hearing, I hear more stories about women and not even just the top level, you know, the, yeah. the pros, but I hear more stories about women in in the cycling world now for sure than back in 2017. And I feel like most of it is coming out of the gravel world. And, um, I feel like girls gone gravel has, and feisty media has, have also done a spectacular job doing that. I mean, I love the event that you held in Bentonville was a festival. I love that you called it a festival. There are just these small things that I think are creating a community from, from the new riders. We were all there one day, right. All the way up to the pros. And there's this, there's this beautiful community that happens around cycling. And I think that, um, that you are both playing a huge role in making that happen and telling that story. Oh, well, thanks. We like it when people come on and compliment us. Keep going. Keep going. Life is too hard to, what to, other you know. great things are we doing? <laughs> Let me tell you. It's interesting. Cause we interviewed Ali Tetrick yesterday. So this, her podcast will come out right before yours. And she's covering, uh, the, the, the tour, the tour de France, the tour de fall, the, the tour de fall. Uh, she called it something else. I'm like the WTF, but anyway, um, and she, right we're just talking about like coverage and like how hard it's been to get coverage, but how equal gravel, like when she came to gravel, she's like, it's just, I'm treated so differently and so much more equally. Uh, and, and just even, I was like, so are they going to cover the race? And she's like, well, at least two hours of it every day. Uh, you know. It's always challenging. I, and I feel like in the, on the road side of things, there's, it's probably the hardest place to, to be making progress. It's still so slow. Yeah. Well, and you get this argument in cycling too, but, um, and I heard this, we're getting ready to do a title nine series with Feisty. Mm -hmm. So not like nine voices from the title nine era. And I'm, I'm getting ready to do my interview, which is the woman who's athletic director at the university of Tennessee. And so I was talking to a former student athlete there. And she was like, well, we weren't treated as well, but like, we don't bring in money. Like football brought in money. So football, I was like, wait a minute, but that was a system that was created for football to bring in all the money. Like they built a stadium of a hundred thousand people and they created super fans of football. Right. And so she's like, bingo, (laughs) you know? And so like when they say, well, women's sports don't bring in money. Well, there's a reason because there's systems that are not Helping. That's right. Anyway, we're not going to solve systematic problems today, but we are going to talk about. <laughs> I feel like we could in the next thirty-five minutes. <laughs> Wouldn't that be amazing? Do you feel? Um, 
I'm interested, like, how do you approach it? Because you're not covering the women's race, right? You're covering the race, but do you feel a certain responsibility, like to make sure the women are represented and covered? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I do a ton of research, uh, going into these events and try to talk to riders, try to talk to people who are there at the races. Um, because I am more often than not, I'm not at the, 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 the lead up races, you know, I'm not at the U.S. mountain bike uh, cross country races or gravel locos or, you know, I'm not not at all of these events these days. So I try to do a lot of research and uh, for sure feel a sense of responsibility to to really shine the light on the women. Um, I feel like in in gravel, in mountain bike racing as well, it is a much more it's done pretty darn well. but yeah, if I'm if I'm going to be the voice talking about what we're seeing or what has happened and the lead up and all that, then yeah, I I try to do my due diligence. <laughs> try to do a lot of research on the women, and it's and it's also it's not just a list of results, right? It's what's mm. going on behind the scenes. I remember last year, oh my gosh, you know, like Lauren DiCrescenzo, the the lead up for her to be there racing at about unbound. And obviously she was already winning races, um, is since her recovery from her horrific crash, but it was also the fact that she had just got married and this was her honeymoon. And, um, and, and, you know, anyway, there's just so many great stories to tell and, and yeah, I mean, I tell them, I try to tell them for both the men and the women, but special, special, uh, responsibility, uh, feeling of responsibility for the women. Yeah, I think, I mean, uh, sadly, you have to do that because it doesn't always come from the, the male broadcasters out there. We're not seeing, I mean, I think, I think that's again, slowly changing. Mm-hmm. Um, but just kind of the awareness that, um, that espe- especially I think in the gravel and the off-road scene is that there are men and women that are interested in following the women's field in particular. And so that helps um, to raise awareness and that, you know, that any announcer that's at these events needs to have a handle on, on both the men's and the women's pro field. Um, we're still, it, it doesn't have, like for the first time I've, I was noticing this year, like I've always been the one that when they talk about what we're doing for the men, I'm like, and, and the women, like, and the women, like making, you know, like we're doing it for both. And it's crazy now when you're, I'm on some of these calls and I'm literally hearing did we make sure we were covering the women in the same, like it's becoming more of a thread woven into our systems at lifetime, which is a huge plus. Um, so it's, it's just take somebody standing there beating the drum. Yep. (laughs) And I wonder if, because, okay. So the lifetime grand prix is, is huge. I think the series is, is huge and it's, and it is a big deal for what's happened for racing in the U S and hopefully we'll see it expand around the world. Right. Um, I wonder if, because it's new and it's fresh, we also have new faces behind the scenes who are bringing a fresh take. Right. Mm -hmm. I I don't know if you're what your experience is, Christy and Catherine working behind the scenes on, on races and the production and planning, but I do feel like it's, um, more natural because of the 
new new players on the scene to to have women be the focus or equal focus as the men? I, I definitely think it's becoming that way. Um, I think I think any of these changes that we're trying to make are largely going to be generational. You know, like the way and I, I anybody that knows my husband knows he's insanely supportive, is so supportive of women, you know, all of those things. But there's still this generational piece that exists in him that doesn't exist in Mason, my son, mm-hmm. you know, and just like watching how it, it's like, I'm hoping here in another two to three generations that it's really just the concept that women weren't talked about 20 years ago is like, they're just like thinking it's so odd because why, why wouldn't you like, right. why wouldn't you, they're 51% of the population. Like, <laughs> how do you, how do you brush them under the rug? <laughs> like, you know, so I think, I think we're seeing that change in gravel specifically. And I'm just hoping that the microcosm of what this space is other in, you know, in sporting act in sport, sports activities, other, other sports look to this, to what gravel's done and mimic it. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping it's happening in road. I mean, like I'm hoping it's happening in cycling across the board. I feel like gravel is kind of a, like a little Petri dish and we're testing it out. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully a bellwether. Yeah. 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 They just had the world championship for triathlon a few weeks ago. And I mean, there are some logistics that do make it harder to cover the women's race because the men's race is literally the front of the race. And then the women's race gets mixed in. Mixed in. So it's a little harder to have moped mopeds. And at the same time, it's like, well, you know, this happens every time, figure it out. <laughs> right. Yep. Right. Um, but I'm curious because one of the pieces of the lifetime field, uh, Rachel McBride is racing and that field and Rachel is racing in each individual race as a non-binary athlete, but racing the, the, um, Grand Prix, Grand Prix as in the women's category, cause that's the option. Right. And Rachel's. So have you thought through like, how are you all going to, are you going to talk about that story or how are you going to handle, because the triathlon did not do a great job with it. Oh, <laughs> I'll just say that. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's really good to know. Um, for gosh, for me, it's one of these things that why does it have to be so complicated? I actually get quite frustrated. Um, uh, Rach is racing their ass off a professional triathlete coming into the gravel scene and not just the gravel scene, but also the mountain bike scene. So <laughs> I think that's laudable in and of itself. And then having to, to push against the current because the world is uh, not adapted to non-binary, non-binary understanding of how, how do non-binary athletes fit in and how do trans athletes fit in. And for me, <laughs> At the end of the day, I'm like, okay, this is sport. It's sport is, is, is while we might say as we're athletes, it encompasses a lot of our life, uh, but it is still just sport. I would love to be able to understand all of the crap. Can I swear on this show, you guys? (laughs) (laughs) To know everything that Rach has gone through in their life to be able to be where they're na- they are now 
and to be, to be racing and to be able to like, they are, they're the person like has overcome so much. And now you want to like, not let them race. Well, you're not giving them, if you're not giving them their, I, anyway. I, so, okay. Going back to your question. I just, I, I feel like, uh, Rachel is a phenomenal athlete. Um, and it'll be exciting to see how they do. And, um, they're a part of the, the, the series and, 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 uh, to me, it's, you know, amazing that they're doing this and how, how strong do you have to be, to be one of the, to, to be one of the first to. It'll be exciting to me to see if both commentators use their pronouns because I'm confident you will. Um, yeah. (laughs) Well, it's, I mean, it's, that's not an easy transition. And if you haven't been practicing, right. Then mistakes will happen. Yeah. You know, cause it's, it does, it is, it is, it's practice. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also like honoring someone's being and intelligence. So, you know, I think it's, I think it's worth the practice. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not sure that I'm articulating well, articulating it well, but, um, No, I think it's just like an interesting, you know, we're talking a lot about the women's category, but also acknowledging that everybody that's racing in that category would like, if there was an option, Rach would have raced in a Mm non-binary Grand Prix category. However, they see there's a path. So it's, those are when you're balancing live coverage, right. It's like honoring people where they are and also Mm -hmm. the what's happening with the race and the coverage and all those pieces. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm and glad that they're in the Grand Prix. I'm glad Lifetime <laughs> yeah. made, the, made the the distinct selection. I think I think, well, I think like other sports are going to look back and go, "This was a defining, like mm-hmm. this is a path for other sports to move forward." Anyway, sorry, yeah. Christine. No, I just I I'm grateful. Uh, Rach is so willing to to work through this as well. I mean, that's in and of itself not an easy thing to lift up and put on your shoulders you know? Mm-hmm. So it's, it takes, it literally takes like all of us trying to kind of navigate it and figure it out just to make it better. So. Okay. I have some specific coverage questions. So you're covering from the start of the race to like when, how far in do you go to the women's field of coverage, like crossing the finish line? Great question. So the way that we did it last year and flow bikes is doing the coverage again this year. So the way we did it last year was we, the production team recorded the start, um, and caught some of the early footage where they put that together in a video saying, here's what, here's what's happened. And I think that we went air on air when the riders were somewhere around, uh, 50 miles in, uh, give or take. And then we were getting uh live feed and there was, there was, uh, stationary cameras. There were cameras, um, on motos, I believe. And, and there was specifically a moto for the lead, whoever the lead group was plus finding the lead, the lead women or women, women, or, um, and then also sending, more coverage back into the field as needed. 
the coverage though, it did not end until I think we saw the entire women's podium uh, finish. So, um, so that's, that's the plan. And I I think looking back at last year's coverage, you know, considering all of the challenges with being in the middle of nowhere and getting service that we saw quite a bit of the racing and there was a, there was a lot of good coverage. Um, I remember we had Lauren, uh, you know, for a long stretch of her final bit of her ride. Um, so, but I don't know what the specific plan is yet for this year in terms of production. Okay. So that's a long time to be talking. (laughs) (laughs) I think, I think it's less, I think it's less talking this year, right? I think we did shrink it a bit. Isn't that the plan or do you like, maybe maybe I'm, I think, well, I'll say this, the plan going into sea otter. So that 80 K mountain bike race was three and a half, four hours ish. Right. I don't remember exactly. Um, but and the idea was to only do two hours of coverage, but we ended up doing four or five hours of coverage. Um, so, um, I'm not, I'm not sure. I I have a feeling that we'll end up doing a a lot of, a lot of coverage. (laughs) The course is going to be, um, there's kind of a black hole for coverage, um, between Hamilton and Madison, Mm. the front end of the course, there's quite a bit of like, it's pretty, it there, you don't really drop off on coverage too much. Um, it's that like before Hamilton up to Madison, which is kind of a tough spot because it's in some of the thick of the course where you're going to start seeing those definite leaders coming out and, mm-hmm. you know, we'll have, I think they're trying to figure out something with timing that so we can at least get some stats from that area. Mm-hmm. But, um, but the course is spectacular. You've, you've done the South route. Yeah. Right. Okay. I thought, yes. I had, so. And I, and I watched, um, the reveal of the route and see that there's a difference. I see that Riders have to do Teeter Hill twice. Texaco. Oh, they Texas- do Texaco. They Texaco. do Texaco Hill twice. Yeah. So Texaco. Teeter's right after Texaco. Okay. I I, I know this course way too well. Yeah. <laughs> Christy's been on it a lot. Okay. Well, I, I'm still like, do you prep stuff? Because that's a long time, right? right? And a lot of times there's nothing changing up for quite a long time in these events. And even with there's a group of guys, typically they're together until the, the moves happen in the last little bit, unless somebody has major mechanicals or fall-offs. So how do you know what to talk about the whole time? <laughs> <laughs> because, uh, I've done the race and it takes, it's a long race and there's a lot that goes through your mind. So there's certainly lots you could talk about. That's what I think of it. Um, I, so first of all, I like to do a lot of homework on the riders and have some stories to share. Um, second, there's a lot that goes into racing a 200 mile race. So you can talk about tires and tire pressure and equipment and, uh, gearing. You and probably talk about tires for 10 hours and people will be, oh happy. my gosh, <laughs> I don't think I could, but it's, I'm sure there are plenty of us out there who could, um, the, you know, fueling strategy, strategy at the checkpoints. Um, then you also can talk about even when you're not seeing the race unfold, you can talk about what's likely happening. You can talk about the course. Um, I'm hoping that we're going to be able to get folks like Christy up on stage to talk about the race while the coverage is happening. Um, 
Um, so yeah, it's all the different aspects that go into the racing and into preparation. Um, what might be going through their minds, you know, you just try to, I mean, having been a racer, you kind of just try to go into that mindset and, 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 uh, and, and share the stories, share the things that, that might be happening, um, or that, you know, tend to happen in these races, um, I think it's also, I mean, one of the things that I love about Unbound is that there are 4,000 people racing, right? And 2,000 or so in the 200, Christy, is that right? Or 1,200? There's, um, I think, 15 in the 200 and 13 in the 100. Oh my gosh. Amazing, right? And so the, the part of the part of the story with unbound is also the, the riders who are out there for 22 hours completing that course. It's, it's incredible. Um, anyway, so, so lots, lots to talk about. Um, I certainly get very much into the mode where when I'm not doing my other job, <laughs> um, I, I try to just consume a lot of information and get into the cycling, the cycling community headspace in lead ups to events to, so that, you know, everything. So I know what all the, well, I know, so, you know, what everybody's talking about and, and you can continue those conversations on air. Cool. If I find some good stories, I'll feed them to you. Thank um, you. For that, that. Uh, okay. Another very important question because it's a long day of coverage. What do you do when you have to go to the bathroom? Um, <laughs> little known fact. Can I share this piece of information? I'm, I, I have a, a huge bladder. <laughs> I thought you were going to be like, I wear a diaper. <laughs> God, I wonder if some people do that. It's possible. I'm sure. Yeah. No, I don't. I, well, I end up only drinking when my, when my voice is getting like hoarse. Right. It's like, it's like, it's a, it's a, it's a dehydration activation. Yes, it is. (laughs) Yeah. I do not hydrate really well the morning of, or the night before (laughs) you go and dehydrate it. Um, and, and then, yeah, keep some water and coffee nearby. Those are my two, two go-tos. And it's surprising. I'm such a big eater and I, I don't even eat all that much either. You're really in the zone. I can imagine. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We've been talking a lot about this next big race coming up, but as you're, so you've already covered sea otter and then you're going to be at all the races. Like, are there some common threads or some things you're hoping to weave through the whole series? As you go through this? Well, I think one aspect of the series that's really interesting is that we have uh, riders from very different backgrounds, disciplines coming into the same races. So you saw a lot of the mountain bikers shine at Sea Otter. I think that we're, I'm really curious to see how the mountain bikers do at Unbound. I think they have some advantages. Um, I think, uh, folks coming from across in mountain bike background have, have to make tire again, back to tires, tire decisions and tire pressure uh, decisions all the time. So I think they have to have some advantages there, but shoot you guys, um, anyway, uh, unbounds and also kind of an outlier because it's so darn long, mm-hmm. but through the series, I think, yes, the unbound versus I'm sorry, the, um, gravel versus road riders versus triathletes versus, uh, mountain bikers. I think that's an interesting story. It's also 
a lot of folks are talking about how it's a long season, which I think is interesting Mm -hmm. because gosh, when I was racing on the road, I'd start racing sometimes in January and not wrap till, till October. So this it's long. Yes. But, um, I don't know. I think that, you know, a lot of that long, right. It's longer than, yeah. It's longer than maybe some of them are used to, but right. It's also, yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's see what, what other interesting, interesting stories, you know, the, the, the fact that it is, that it is a point series is also really interesting because you've got very different races. Like if we look at Seattle versus unbound versus crusher, um, gosh, they're Leadville. These are different races. And, uh, I'll, I'll be excited to see, you know, a lot of people talk about how, Oh, you know, we, there's some favorites that are to win the series. And I, I think, well, you know, that's, it's the, a lot can happen. Um, and mostly I think I'm just excited to tell the stories of, um, the individual riders of these unique races and of the opportunity that is being created with the series. I think it's, I think it is fabulous. And to me, it feels like the start of something great. Well, sure. Hope so. I'm excited to hear your coverage throughout the time. Um, okay. Well, we wanted to, before we wrap up our podcast episode today, we wanted to, to do a little, this is just for fun. We don't know a little, we're going to do our podium. We're just going to say our podium picks for unbound and a dark mare. So somebody that you, maybe people aren't thinking about for the podium, but you're like, I think that maybe they could pull something out. I have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> Well, we can pause and edit out the break and you still have to answer. <laughs> I hate this. I'm not going first. So. We're not judging. It's just, okay. I can go first. I have mine. Okay. Uh, can okay. I ask you a question before, before yeah. you go? She's not going to the bathroom. No, I'm not going. I'm not going <laughs> I mean, to the bathroom. before any of us. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not just Grand Prix people. It's okay. Movie. So we're doing unbound unbound prediction podium plus, predictions plus the, the dark mare. Okay. Okay. Are we going top five or three? Top, I'm just doing three. Okay. And then a dark okay. mare. Mm. Okay. okay. This is, I don't, this is not necessarily an order, but I think Lauren did Crescenzo. She's having a great season. I think she's going to come back strong. And then I put Rose Grant because I think she's got a lot of legs under her. She's a smart racer. Um, she's a little older, so she knows how to handle things. And then Isabel King. She did really well last year. And then um, my dark mare, maybe just because I really liked her when we interviewed her, but um, I also just think she didn't have a great sea otter. And she's got a lot of years of cycling as Amber Neben. Oh, good choices, Catherine. Thanks. I, I, I prepared ahead of time. Okay. Well, I'm going to do this a little, a little off the cuff, but, uh, I am going to go in order. Ha <laughs> Oh, <laughs> stepping up her game. Uh, just to put a little extra pressure on myself. So I agree. Lauren DiCrescenzo, I think she's going to get another win back to back. Um, she's riding so strong. The way she raced Gila was, uh, just so impressed, impressive. Um, 
yeah, she's, she's a force on gravel. So I'll say Lauren for the win. I will pick for second place. I'm going to go with Leah Davison. I was really impressed with her performance at sea otter. And to me that took, um, speed and, uh, I mean, obviously she's a phenomenal two-time Olympian. She's been on the podium at the world championships twice. That was all in, you know, cross country XCO um, racing. But I know that Leah has been racing and training for so long that I think that she is going to have the legs to go the distance. I also agree with your comment about with age and experience comes that like it has that you have that grounded to kind of endure whatever happens out there. So, okay. So Leah Davison, um, for second, and then I'm going to go with Sarah Sturm for third. I adore Sarah Sarah Sturm Sturm in my top three. She's, she's incredible. And she has so much fun. I feel like when, when you're doing this 200 mile race, there is so there is something that will happen to you, if not many things that will happen to you that make it a challenging day. And I feel like state of mind can be everything um, in into you enduring, even if it's just dealing with the heat or the wind or the mud, whatever. Like so, I think that that Sarah has um, a unique gift in her mindset in that way, and she's also just a badass. Um, my dark mare. Sarah Max. She is, is she coming back? She is coming back. She oh, I didn't is, I didn't see her on there. <laughs> so she lives here in Bend. Um, and so I have a little insider <laughs> information, but she got fourth at BWR and really only lost her third place um to Tiffany Cromwell. Like coming, she just was like she was riding so strong, and there was some sort of like I guess cross like finish to the course where she kind of let her guard down. I think she has the strength, and she is she's fit, and I think she's coming. Sarah's into, already been on a podium here too, right? Back in 2019? Yeah. 2019. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so okay, there's my there's my dang it four. You can see how much I've studied up on my list. Okay. I'm leaving LDC off because I think that that's like just kind of a layup. So no offense, Lauren. (laughs) So in in an effort to broaden the women's names we're mentioning, (laughs) um, like I I think LDC is definitely a favorite. Um, uh, And I kind of want to go maybe more like, like dark horse women to watch versus like, like podium picks. Cause I think, I think you guys are nailing it. I think, but I think that there's not the way the game is played, Christy. (laughs) It's it's the way I'm playing the game and it's my turn. I'm talking. Can I mute you? (laughs) (laughs) Um, well, I, I'm, I'm going to say I love both of your observations on Rose Grant and Leah Davison. I think mm-hmm. um, both of those women race with a ton of maturity. I love, love watching Rose Grant race. Mm-hmm. There is, I don't know if there's anybody that does it better. Just like, and the longer the field, the longer the race, the better it is. Because she just, she just reels them back in. Like, um, I, I, I'm really stoked to see how Casey Armstrong does. Oh, she's, she's not had good success here. 
and I know she wants it. And I know she's kind of in that same vein as you talked about, Sturmy, just positive attitude has been enjoying her writing and, and doing it for the love of it. Um, so I'm really hoping she has a super strong day out there. Um, Ruth Winder, her coming over, it's a big distance for her. So I'm, I'm kind of excited to see what, what she's able to pull off. I can't, I mean, my temporary roommate, Rach McBride, I'm stoked to see what they can do out there. Um, I guess Rach is in the non-binary category for Unbound. So I predict Rach wins the non-binary category. <laughs> nice. Yeah, there it is. Um, and I'm going to say like, with all things considered, um, your Isabel King pick is a good one too, but um, I, I'm hoping, I'm hoping Amity Rockwell can have um, a race that she deserves after coming off this last few weeks um, for her. And, and I hope she can find a way to channel you know, she's, she, in my opinion, is the little engine that could, and she's always better over longer. Um, and she's overcoming a lot right now with, with Mo's passing. And, and I'm just hoping that, that Amity finds the headspace to be who she can be out there on race day. So sorry, Catherine, I blew, I blew up your game. I think those are great picks, Christy. They're all good picks. Maybe we should have like a, whoever gets the most right picks everybody else has to buy them a beer Ooh, I, I think wow. I think um I think it's the other people donate to grit or something <laughs> like getting more girls on bikes like if fine fine <laughs> <laughs> and can we do the and can we do the, and, beer? Let's do the beer yeah we too. can do the beer thing too I'll buy y'all a beer anyway when you come to Florida so beer first beer's on me oh, awesome. the trick is you got to find me <laughs> Well, we know where we'll find Janelle. She will be at the announcer booth at um, Unbound. And we cannot wait to see you there, Janelle, and to to follow your coverage. And thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, my gosh. This was such a joy. Thank you so much for having me, Catherine, Christy. You guys are just wonderful. Thank you. You have been listening to the Girls Gone Gravel podcast. This podcast is edited and produced by the team at Live Feisty Media. If you've enjoyed the show, please leave us a rating. It really helps other women find the podcast. And be sure to follow us at Girls Gone Gravel on Instagram or Facebook.